Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast, today presented by First Federal Bank. It's Wednesday, May 11th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. It's racing weekend in Kansas City. The NASCAR Cup Series, the trucks, and ARCA descend on Kansas Speedway Saturday and Sunday, and we're talking about it today. On the poll for today's interviews is Randy Kovitz. He spent 34 years at the Star before his retirement and has been an authority on just about everything in Kansas City sports, from the Chiefs and Royals to soccer and auto racing. Randy left the Star in 2015, but he didn't bid farewell to auto racing. He's continued to cover events at the Speedway through his retirement, and that'll be the case this weekend. On today's show, we chatted about the auto racing portion of his career and what to watch for in the Advent Health 400 on Sunday. After a break, you'll hear my interview with Kansas Speedway President Pat Warren. We talk about how the Speedway and NASCAR battled through the pandemic, the changes that have come to NASCAR this year, like the next-gen cars, and other topics. We begin with a bit of auto racing sound. One of the drivers to keep an eye on Sunday is Ross Chastain, who has scored his first two cup victories this year. A big moment in Chastain's career was his victory in the 2019 trucks race at Kansas. You'll hear the FX1 final lap call of the race, and then from Chastain in a recent interview about that moment three years ago. Okay, let's get started. One lap remaining. That team can taste it, can't they, Vince? You can just see the jubilation as they came by and got one to go. But Ben Rhodes continues to close. Five others have scored their first career wins here at Kansas. Ricky Hendrick, John Wood, Eric Darnell, James Busher, William Byron, and tonight, Ross Chastain. Are you kidding me? He's going to add his name to the list. Ross Chastain bringing it to the line. He's going to win at Kansas. It revitalized and changed my career. So, yeah, to win here, um, I mean, I blew the motor up doing burnouts. I was so excited. I've never done that. And I apologize to Nice Motorsports to this day about it because I blew up a motor. But um, it was a lot of excitement and, and um, a, a life changer. Were you at the first race at Kansas Speedway? Oh, yes. I've seen all 20, 20 years of them. Yes. You, you haven't missed a spring or a fall race? Not NASCAR. No, I've not missed a NASCAR cup, truck. Xfinity. I've missed a couple ARCA races, but but uh, back in the spring, they used to run the spring. But no, I've, I've seen it. What is that now? That's uh, Well, last year would have been the 20th anniversary, and they didn't get to celebrate it. Uh, they, they ran the races, but they didn't celebrate the 20th, because 2021, and they opened in 2001. Um, so this will be race 20? No, they started. This will be like race what? Uh, well, we should have done our homework. Well, the single races... Fall races for what eight or nine years. Twelve was the first double uh, twice a year. So it's, okay. so there's been about thirty two races. Or okay. Whatever. Yeah, okay. thirty two cup. Yeah. yeah. Well, you've got a, it's a short list of people that have seen them all. I would suspect. Do you know off the top of your head anybody else? I would guess Scott Trailer and Racing Boys. Yeah, the Racing Boys. Uh, but other than that, and of course, speed. 
Jeff Berger, maybe, who was the first president, but that Jeff, I don't think that uh, Pat Warren has, the current president. Yeah, I bet you that's a short list that you can count on a hand. Yeah. Talk to Pat Warren. You'll hear that uh, after after we do a break. But you know, that's amazing that you uh, that you are the <laughs> because you grew up such a big NASCAR fan. Right? Blair, the first auto race I covered that we treated that first Arker race in Winston West race that Frank Kimmel tried to win the double in in the summer or spring of 2001. We covered that like the Daytona 500. <laughs> And the first race I ever saw was the first race I ever covered. Or maybe the first race I ever covered was the first race I ever saw. However you want to look at it. No, I was just kind of drafted uh, to kind of be, I wasn't the nuts and bolts guy. I was kind of drafted to be the sights and sounds and and uh, just spectacle color of the, of the event. And it just kind of grew on me. And I grew up, my family was in the auto parts business. We had a salvage yard. So I know all the pieces that are under the hood and under the car. And so I can talk, I can talk automobiles. But no, I was never a racing guy at all until it, it came here in 2001. Well, I, I know through previous conversations that it, is, it may have been a uh, an assignment in the early uh, stages, mm -hmm. but you grew to like it. And it's, it's just different than covering the other sports. I grew to appreciate it. The hardest thing in pro sports to win is a auto race, a NASCAR race, because you don't have a winner and a loser. You have a winner and 39 losers and 39, you know, other teams are, it's, 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 and just, it's the, the mechanics. I mean, one bolt can fall off, one debris and it, and people, again, like with golf, you know, they talk about strategy, no strategy. There's more strategy in an auto race than a football game because everything changes every day. The wind's different. The sun's different. The temperature's different. Just, just everything just changes uh, in an instant. And you've got to make these decisions aside from the mechanical, when to take tires, when to take two or four, when to fuel up the pits, all that. And the teamwork, I mean, you've seen it. I mean, one tire changer just just as a step late, that's a difference in a race, you know. So, so yeah, I don't sit there. Nobody sits there and watches all 267 laps going around. Nobody, you know that. We've been to the, you know, I mean, you're on your phone, you're on your laptop, you're walking around. Nobody sits in their seat for 260, you know, there's places to go, things to see. But but it's, it's a sport I've really learned to appreciate uh, over these 20 years. Well, every big name driver has won this race, you know, since uh, since 2001. And Jeff Gordon won the first couple of them. Yes. And, and then I think he later won. He's won a third. Won a third, you know, like about 10 years later. It was, yes. it was a while later. Um, but it's a different it's a different cast these days for me. You know, I, I'm not saying I lost track of auto racing, but the, the COVID years, yeah. it, it changed a lot of things. And I, I didn't find myself as tuned into it as I had been. And now I look... Um, you know, look at, uh, you know, the pole position or just, you know, qualifying. And I see names that I don't recognize anymore. And one of the very interesting names that I did some research on and, uh, and, and uh, actually talked to some people about is Ross Chastain. What an interesting guy he is in, in so many different ways. Personality, uh, you know, where he's from and how he celebrates victories. But... The thing that you know that, that I really like about him now is 
his biggest moment in racing came at Kansas Speedway. Saved his career. He will have a story about him in the Sunday Star. And right here, two funny things about it. Well, one funny thing about it is he's known for like like Carl Edwards in the backflip and, and Elio Castroneves climbing the, the, the fence. He's known for smashing the watermelon and sampling it in Victory Lane. He started it early in his career at lower levels. He did it in 2018 when he won his first Xfinity race in Vegas. But he's been a journeyman. He's been with underfunded teams, happy just to make a top 10 or 15. Well, he won an Xfinity race in Vegas, and that was his first uh, big watermelon smash. Then he didn't win for another year until he came to Kansas. He's crossing, uh, the, the taking the checkered flag, and all of a sudden he realized, we don't have a watermelon. And he's calling to his crew, uh, go get a watermelon. And, and they didn't have one. So then he won two more races that year and had them. And that's his shtick. But the, why you haven't heard about some of these drivers and why there's been 10 winners in, in 12, 12 races, races, him having two, his first two of his journeyman career is because of the new car. The next year. And this has changed everything. It's why... Drivers you never heard of, like Austin Sindrick, won the five, Daytona 500. Chase Briscoe, who took over Clint Boyer's car, won his first race this year. Chastain, after like 115 cup starts, has won two now. Is This new car has changed everything because the Penske's and the Hendrick's and the powerhouses, Joe Gibbs, they got to they gotta work from the same pool of clay as everybody else. All the parts now come from a single source. I mean, they got their own engine, but everything else, brake shoes, water pumps, springs, shocks, struts. Instead of Hendrick trying out 20 different water pumps to get it right, he's got the same one that, that Ross Chastain has. And Ross is driving for just a two-car two team called Trackhouse co-owned by an old a former driver born in St. Louis, Justin Marks, and the entertainer Pitbull. And they own this two-car team. And, and, and uh, Chastain was driving for Chip Ganassi Racing. You remember that name. Oh, yeah. And they closed shop in uh, last year, sold all their assets to Justin Marks, who knew this new car was coming. And he knew, I can race with Gibbs and Stuart Haas and all the boys. So Chastain, who thought he lost his career, because Chip Ganassi was closing, Trackhouse bought their entire operation, their race shop, their employees. And he's had, uh, he had a streak with those two wins, of seven top fives in nine races. A guy who couldn't, you know, finish in the top 20 most races. His first two races this year, last at Daytona, and like 30th at the uh, second race at Vegas. And since then, he could have won the other day at Darlington. He was third. And behind the, the leaders, and he tried making the move and spun out and ended up uh, out of the running. But yeah, he's a he's an interesting character, a good guy. And yes, his career. Another guy whose career really took off. The other guy who's won two races this year, William Byron, the one who should have could have won at Darlington, and Joey Lagana uh, spun him out. But he's not too happy about that. Not too happy. Uh, but William won before he graduated high school. As an 18-year-old, uh, he won the trucks race here in 16, I believe it was. So he always kind of credits Kansas was kind of the start of his his ascension to the number 24 Jeff Gordon car. 
that you just uh, talked about. All right, so just to go back to testing for a second, sure. the, the, the watermelon thing comes from uh, Watermelon Farm in Florida, I believe, right? Is that the, his family owned the watermelon farm? Eighth generation watermelon. And he was telling me, this would be part of the story too, kind of why he does it. It's a little motivating tool. Everybody in the garage now knows, you know, we got this watermelon. It's in the hauler now. They don't forget. A, he told me one story. There, a race he was winning in Texas, and he thought he was winning. And, 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 uh, you know, he called down there and says, you know, somebody got a watermelon and they didn't. And the guy, one of his crew members in his tracks, in his race suit with his headphones, left the track, drove to a grocery store, got back to the track, and then he didn't win. So anyway, he, he said an interesting thing, you know, because he owes everything to his family and, the, and, and, and their farm. And that's what he was raised and provided the funds expensive sport. Yes. And so he says, you know, even if somebody's watching the race in a sports bar and they don't even have the sound on, they don't know who I am, but they see this guy throwing down a watermelon and then eating, that's good for the watermelon business. So yeah, it's very interesting. Um, you mentioned uh, uh, mm. 10 uh, winners in 12 races this year because of the next gen, largely because mm -hmm. of the next gen mm -hmm. car. Um, how many spots qualify for, how many drivers qualify for the playoffs? 16. 16. So, and, and if you win a race, you automatically qualify. Pretty much. I mean, mathematically, if there were six, 17 different winners, but yes, if you win a race, you live, there's never been a winner not make it. Right. It'd be tough for that to happen. Yes. But also, the points leader, if there's a points leader who hasn't won a race, and that can happen. Yeah. I mean, right now, Ryan Blaney's like third in the points. He hadn't won yet, but he's been so consistent. He's kind of. That, that's considered a win if you win the regular season points. And that's what I was getting at. There have been some pretty good drivers that haven't won a race this year. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering if it gets to a point where they approach the you know the, the, the playoffs and put, puts pressure on a Kevin Harvick or you know, others. I mean, they, 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 they need to win. Four former champions. This is what's interesting. We talk about the next – this is my story for Thursday's paper um, – all these young drivers we've talked about are all in their 20s. Chastain Gold at 29, but Alex Bowman, Byron's 24. Uh, a lot of these young drivers uh, that we talked about, four former champions, all, three of them in their 40s. Harvick, you mentioned Harvick, Truex, Kurt Busch. They don't have a win. Keselowski's 38 years old. He doesn't have a win. It's Hamlin has a win, but he's not a former champion. Believe it or not, he's considered the best driver who has never won a champion. He's the Mark Martin of, of the 2000s. But um, yes, pressure is really going to build. You're going to see some real battling. Uh, fortunately, Kyle Busch has a win, so we don't have to worry about him wrecking people. But yes, Harvick's going to have to maybe you know pull a Logano, you know, to to win a race. There's several of these household names you're used to seeing running up front. Haven't won, including, like I said, Truex has had great success here, and and uh, he needs to win. So, is this good for racing? Well, it's it's the old arguments, Blair. Like in all sports, you know, you know, do you want a, a dominant team? Do you want a? Uh, uh, do you want a Cowboys in the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want a dynasty? Do you want the Patriots? The Lakers. Do you want the Patriots or do you want to see, you know, the Bengals? <laughs> yes, yes. The, the the wealth spread. So I think it's good that you don't have those same four teams. 
winning every week. I think it's good. You know, I mentioned this track house, but a couple other drivers uh, with teams like Michael McDowell, who won a Daytona 500 a couple years ago. We know what a crap sheet that is, but he's been running. He's a long, he's a 40 year old journeyman, but he's with like front row motorsports, you know, one team car or uh, Richard Petty's team, which hadn't won since, I don't know, 1999 or something, the 43. Eric Jones almost won a race a few weeks ago and he's looking good. So it's nice to see some of the have nots really have a chance. Yeah, the other attraction for us for this race was always the local driver, right? Clint Boyer or Carl Edwards, and even we even claimed Jamie McMurray. Nobody local anymore. We were out of the locals. We are out of the locals, uh, except for turn on your television, and Clint Boyer and Jamie McMurray will be calling the race. Uh, I did a story on them last year. I called them the the Midwest Motor Mouths. You know, we're among the, uh, you know, the, the normal NASCAR guys you're used to. Uh, Jamie, you know, two guys who both grew up within an hour of Kansas City or national voices in NASCAR. But no, we used to be, you know, and I haven't noticed. I'm sorry I haven't done my homework, but my friend Jennifer Jo Cobb, um, I haven't noticed her in, in, in the box scores. I haven't noticed. I don't know if, if she's got the, if she's rustled up sponsorship or a car for this race. I suspect she will. And she does a good job staying on the track and staying out of trouble and finishing the race. And there's something to be said for that. But no, we, we just, uh, Lakeside, uh, hasn't produced her. Of course, we don't have I-70, which is a factor because that was a asphalt track. We haven't, we have not produced anyone, uh, in the last 10 years. That was always the easy, the easy sidebar for guys like Or me. a tough one. It's <laughs> <laughs> Clinton Carl didn't like. Uh, no, no. They tried to get the heck out of yes. there as quick as they could. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't win. Yes. And correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. they never won. No. Carl won, a, I don't say famous, but Carl won a memorable trucks race early in his career, which really got mm. the attention of Roush Racing at the time. And again, that was a race that kind of propelled someone's career when Carl won that 2008 uh, trucks race. And Clint also won a trucks race. He was a cup driver by then. Uh, but but yeah, they each won a, a trucks race, but not not the big one. Okay. All right. So race number 30-something for you for the Kansas Speedway. Um, hope the rain stays away. And I know there's a little bit of a, it's mm -hmm. creeped into the forecast now. And yes. nothing worse than spending... Yes. Hours upon hours out there with uh, in a rain delay. It's funny. I'm watching the um, drive to survive on Netflix, the Formula One sort of uh, series, which has been great. I didn't realize Formula One cars drive in the rain. They have their they have their events in the rain. So um, I hope it doesn't rain on you this weekend. Uh, I really appreciate you spending some time talking to us, Mr. Randy Kovitz. We're going to take a break, and when we come back. You will hear from Pat Warren, president of the Kansas Speedway. Buying your first home is a huge milestone, but the journey there can be confusing. First Federal Bank of Kansas City is here to make it simple. After nearly a century of serving the KC community, our loan advisors have experience in every type of housing market. With a short phone call, we can give you a free rate quote and talk through loan options. No pressure, no obligation. The road to home ownership can be simple with First Federal Bank. Get started with a free quote at ffbkc.com slash homes. First Federal Bank of Kansas City, because banking is personal. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. 
For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the e-edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. So what's it going to be like having the first, I don't know, air quote, normal spring race in a few years? I hope it's going to be great. Um, we're, We're really looking forward to, as far as we know, having a, minimal impact from, uh, you know, the pandemic-related issues that we've faced, as you indicated, for the last two years. Uh, you know, we'll have fans back on the infield. We're going to have a, a normal pre-race. Um, some things have changed. You know, we've sort of learned and, and we hope improved some things. Um, but we're really looking forward to having fans back and give, providing a great weekend for everybody. Will, will the fans notice changes? What, what will they see? Um. I don't think so. I mean, some most of the stuff is things like the drivers' meeting has changed. We don't do a drivers' meeting anymore. We have a uh, an event called the 1948 Club, um, and so it's just a different aspect of pre-race. But it wasn't something that most fans saw or participated in. Okay, well, I missed the drivers' meetings. Those were kind of fun. Yeah, it's this is just a new thing. So okay. it's, I, I haven't experienced one yet because we changed it this year. Okay. You know, Pat, you guys, you guys slugged through COVID um, as much as anybody. You know, NASCAR is such a, such a fan-oriented event and experience. It had just had to be hard these last couple of years to postpone races and then limit capacity and have no capacity and kind of not knowing from, you know, from month to month what conditions you were going to be faced with. Yeah, I, the the thing that I think some people may not understand um, is that we probably did more work for fewer fans than we've ever done in our history um, because of everything we had to do as it related to COVID protocols, you know, changing seating manifests, moving customers, you know, in the ticketing system, all those kinds of everything that, that the whole country experienced, we had to do in a microcosm for every event. Um, you know, the first time when we ran without fans, it was pretty straightforward. I never want to repeat it, um, but we did it. But then when we, when we were running with fans and trying to follow uh, CDC guidelines and the COVID protocols, it was just a ton of work uh, for, you know, for, from our perspective, a very limited crowd. Still worth it. Just an interesting juxtaposition of more work and fewer people. And through those experiences, you know, we're talking about the, the 2020, 2021 uh, seasons. Did were, were any ideas about you know, the product reinforced to you? Um, did you? Uh, um, I guess that's a poor way of, of, of putting it, but I'm just wondering if if your your your, your faith in the product uh, was you know was strengthened by the the couple of years of disruption. Uh, well, you know, I I guess I'd think about it a couple of ways. Um, you know, if you talk about the racing product, we delayed the, the release of the next-gen car by a year, and I think, you know, the results so far this year, anyway, have, have been fantastic with that, and we're excited about it as an industry. Um, 
But if you think about, you know, the term product more broadly, which is, is how I think about it, and you include the whole race fan experience, um, you know, that product at first went away, then was greatly diminished, and has, has since come back. Um, and, yeah, I think we learned that we could do things – we learned that we could do things we were not willing to try in the past. Uh, you know, in terms of the racing product, we raced without practice, as an example. Um, for fans, I don't know that we've learned that much in terms of fan enhancements because we were doing everything we could just to get fans into the venue. Um, and so I think it was more about um, understanding how we could operate in different ways, and that will probably open up things going forward because we'll be more ready to challenge uh, sort of a standard or a norm and say, well, hey, we didn't think we could do this before, and we did it, so now let's try this. But you're right. The the, the, the things did change, even even if it wasn't about the the fan experience. Just the you know the types of courses that NASCAR decided to to move to, and and as you mentioned, the next gen cars. Let's let's look at just the you know just the, the new uh, the, the new events that have sprung up in the last couple of years. The you know the dirt track at Bristol, the, the road courses, and and then what happened at the LA Coliseum back in February to open. To open the year, how, how, you know, for for those of us, and I know you are too, something of a college sports fan, that was really cool to see a NASCAR track in the LA Coliseum. Yeah, I mean, for for me personally, it was really special because my daughter's a member of the USC marching band, uh, <laughs> and so I'd been out there for football games, and of course she lives out there. Um, but uh, it, it was really neat to see, and I think the Clash is an example of something that we might not have had the uh, desire to try or the willingness to take that kind of a risk before the pandemic. But I think after we managed through the issues that we did with the pandemic, and I, I could be speaking out of turn here um, because I wasn't involved with the decision to, to you know, conduct that race. But um, after we managed through the pandemic, I think we realized we can do more than we thought we could do. And so when, when we started looking at that as an option, um, I think we all said, yeah, we, it'll be a lot of work, but we can make it happen. So what what might be uh, – what else is, uh, sparks the imagination for, for NASCAR without giving away any secrets or anything? I just, I'm just wondering what else could be out there in terms of, um, you know, just stretching ideas of, of what could be possible. I, I think you're going to continue to see us work to innovate the fan experience at track. Um, I'm not sure exactly what that means yet, but I know – I mean, I can tell you we're making significant investments um, in improving the fan experience and doing things to uh, provide a full day of entertainment for our fans. Just as an example, and this is something we have, we would have, I don't, I wouldn't want to say we've never tried in the past, but we've been unlikely to do. We're going to have dueling pianos in our midway Saturday and Sunday this year, Uh, just as sort of an entertainment function, you know, and that's just not the kind of thing that we would have done in the past, but we're getting pushed um, by our senior leadership to think differently, to look at things, to try things that we haven't done before, and we're doing it. And, you know, the, the other thing is that we've got, I don't want to, sort of permission to fail, if that makes sense. Um, and I, Not that we are going to do anything where we know we're going to fail, but we know that we're not going to do everything successfully, and that's okay. So what um... – I always ask this of people that I know are, are 
NASCAR or other auto racing uh, folks, has do you think Drive to Survive, the Netflix series on F1, has had a ripple effect through other forms of motor racing? I'm not sure. Um, it probably hasn't hurt, uh, and it certainly seems to have lifted F1's profile in the United States. But, you know, just for me, looking at it uh, sort of as somebody who works in our sport, watches F1, um, and, and follows it, not super closely, but, you know, close, close enough, um, it's hard for me to distinguish whether F1 is seeing this great lift from the series or we're coming out of a pandemic, people want things to do, they're putting on great events in places like Miami, and, you know, those things are playing off of each other. I, I tend to think it's more the event side of things uh, than the series, but the series certainly hasn't hurt. Right. So you missed out on, you didn't miss, but uh, the, the the pandemic, to get back to that for a second, uh, happened to come on the 20th year uh, anniversary of the opening of the Speedway in, in 2001. Were you, were you guys able to, to at least commemorate that in any way, or um, how, how curtailed was the 20-year the celebration? It, it was effectively eliminated, I would say, because we were so focused on just being able to operate our events that we, we didn't have any bandwidth to be able to do any kind of meaningful celebration. I, I would say that's my opinion. Um, and so, unfortunately, that's that's one of the things that the pandemic greatly impacted. So, you know, we'll push off some of the things we were going to do uh, that year to the 25th year. There you go. And that's coming up here pretty soon. Yeah. It'll be here before we know it. That'll do it for today. Thanks to the Sportsbeat KC production staff of Monty Davis, Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett, and First Federal Bank for sponsoring today's show. Tip of the cap to Randy Kovitz and Pat Warren for sharing their insights on auto racing. Today's morning sports edition is 33 pages full of everything in sports, including Sporting KC's victory in the U.S. Open Cup on Tuesday night. Go to liveedition.kansascity.com for more information. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another edition.